that's that goes to the next question. That's an excellent question. But the 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 Ron deals with this. He says, "What if the, you do it without permission? Is that allowed or not?" Meaning, what does it work? Still, is it nullified? That's really the question. And it's machlokas of in the Rishonim whether if you did it not in his presence. Meaning, is that the way the ideal way to do it, or that's the way you should do it? And it doesn't work otherwise, or it works. It's just it shouldn't have been done. So, the, they prove there are some. One of the sides prove that you know the fact that they did permit it felt they felt that it should be um, uh, that, that 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 they felt that it should permit it. But would 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 prove that they maybe they had other circumstances. You know, Sidkyo. You know, he was really suffering, and they, you know, they, they extenuating circumstances. They said that we could go against the general accepted practice, but it's not really a requirement. You understand? So that's one way of that's what they tried to prove that. Otherwise, they just issued an incorrect ruling. You know, they messed up. Um, you have to realize that this was the, also the other issue that we raised yesterday: is that Nebuchadnezzar sort of forced them to swear. He wasn't he wasn't really wanting to swear in the first place. Yeah, no, if it was Bidyevit, that would still fit in. But the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, it could be they make a mistake. You know, everyone's pr- prone to make mistakes. It can happen. Does the best need to know what the nether is before they matter it or not? Well, um, yeah, they can't just be, you know, yeah, obviously they have to hear the nether and say, had you, you know, they have to find a header. You know how it works? You have to find a basis that had you. No, oh, that's what he's saying. No, you don't have to give the details. I saw something, okay, and I swore that I won't tell, but I, I want to be, you know, you don't have to give the, you don't have to be over the, the it's irrelevant what they saw, whatever, what he saw. Okay. All right, good questions. All right, that brings us to the next part, which was the mission that, uh, that, the, of, of Rameir. Rameir says that there's types of nolad that's not real nolad. And that's the... Um, and the Chum disagree with that. So what's the example? It's a case like a person says, I'm not going to marry this this woman because she has a, a mean father. And they told him, look, he's dead. You know, or he did chufa. Or I'm not walking into this house because there's a bed. There's a dangerous dog there. Or there's a snake. And they said the dog died or the snake was killed. So all those, it's a, it's a nolad because those types of occurrences are new and changes the circumstances, but it doesn't have a status of nolad. And the reason why it doesn't have a status of nolad is because um, it's sort of, he put that as almost like a condition in his vow because that was the purpose of his vow. So as long as that's not there, and this is what the, the Mepharshim said here, is that you don't even need the Bezden anymore to free you of it because you did it only with that understanding. Um, and that's the idea. Okay, so the Gemara brings down um, um, how does this work? Why is this? Why isn't it nolad? And we explain this because it's like it's as if he was told his nether in something and it made a condition to his vow. And once that no longer relevant, so then the vow falls off. 
That's the first take. Then we saw Rabbi Yochanan says that the case in the Mishnah is where the person already died and had already done shuva, so that at the point when you made the vow, it was in fact a mistake. That's the other idea. Okay, now, on that position, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Abba asked a question. He says, um, person, um, uh, so, so Rabbi Abba's question was, is that a person says a vow that I, um, I won't marry uh, this woman because she's ugly. And it turns out that she's not ugly. Um, she's dark, and uh, she turns out she's not dark, she's short, and she's really tall. Well, basically a mistake. And we said that it's mutter, okay? And it's not because something changed about her, but because, um, because it was a mistake. It's a nether toast. That's the mission that's coming up soon. We'll see it soon. So the question is, is that according to the way Rav Huna understands that it's basically, this is a case of a conditional nether. So this is conditional nether, and that upcoming is a nether tos. So it's two different things, that's why we have to talk about it. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, they're both examples of nidre tos. Why would you need to give more examples of the same idea? We get the principle already. So the Gemara says, you're right, that's a difficulty with Rabbi Yochanan. Why would we need to give a further example, which is really the same thing? And that's that. Okay, brought us to the next Mishnah which was, uh, Reb Meir says, that you can also use Psukim as a Pesach. And he said, look, you know, there's, you're being over on this Pesach of, of, of not revenging, of not ta- of harboring ill will, not hating your brother in your heart, and uh, loving your brother as yourself, and you should support your brother with you, because he's poor, and now you're not going to be able to take care of him. So all of those psukim you can use as the basis that he said, had you known that you'd be transgressing all these isurim, all these dinim in the Torah, would you have made the vow? And that would also be a valid basis for freeing him from his vow. So the first thing the Gemara wanted to know about this Mishnah is that uh, Rav Huna Bakhtina asked the Rabbana, and he says that, why can't he say, look, so what this person's poor? Am I the only one that has to take care of the poor people? I'll chip in to the, to the Pushka like anybody else, and I'm, it's not my obligation to take care of him. And the answer that, that he got, and this is a very crucial answer, is that when a per, poor person is already poor, you're right, he's going to the charity collector to ask him for help. But before that point, he, he goes over to his close friends and he says, you know, I'm, you know, like to avoid having to sort of publicize the fact that he's going through our time, he'll go to a few close friends and ask them for a little bit of a, for a loan or something to help him get out of his situation. And that is what we're talking about, where he's directly coming to him. You're right, once it, if it's going to the charity collector, then it's not on him anymore. But the, what you're, what, you know, your, the, the, your obligation we're talking about is before it even hits that stage. Okay, which took us to the next Mishnah. Um, which that you can use the ksuva as a factor, the ksuva of the wife, a person and his man and his wife were fighting, and he says that I'm not going to benefit from her, and um, and basically that means you know the marriage is over, um, but but the ksuva was 400 dinarim, so he came to Reb Kiva and Reb Kiva says you got to give the ksuva the full amount, and he's like wait a second you know my, listen my grand, my father passed away, he had 800 dinarim. He left to my brother four and to me four. I'm going to give her all the four hundred dinarim that I got. 
Can't we just split it 50-50? That's my uh, total assets, basically. So Rabbi Kiva says, it doesn't matter. Even if you have to sell the hair off your head, uh, you're going to have to give her ksuva. He says, had I known that, I never would have made this vow. Had I known how expensive it would be to, uh, to, to do, go through this divorce, I would have found a way to make shalom bias. Okay, that's the idea. So Rabbi Kiva says, oh, in that case, we can be matter the nether, and uh, it doesn't say the rest of the story that they lived happily ever after, but you can imagine. Okay, they, they worked it out. They worked out their differences. Brings us to the, the then we learned the Gemara at the end of the yesterday's daf, um, which is uh, we said that the metaltalin are um, uh, are. Uh, uh, how are they mishabit to the ksuva? This is cash. Cash doesn't have a lien on the cash to the ksuva. That's what we're thinking. And the Gemara Bayez says, no, no, no. It, what was left him was land that was worth that amount of money. So, uh, but doesn't it say the hair on his head? So, so the Gemara says, no, what the hair on his head is about is that if he gives all the land to, to her, then, we, then the hair on the head is what's going to pay for his... Uh, for his food, okay? So the Gemara says, is this really taking on that when you're a, a, a debtor and you owe money, we don't leave anything? So you pay off your debts in full and then you're stuck with zero? Um, is that true? So the Gemara says, no, not necessarily true. Because again, there's an opinion that says that we, are, we try to arrange that the person who's, who owes money should somehow have a way of sustaining himself. You can't make him give up all of his assets, including the ones that he earns a living from. So then he's like, you know, going to become a burden. He's nothing he could do anymore. So that's the idea, kind of like the, like we have in modern day bankruptcy. You know, like, it's like if he's going to pay all this money, then he's going to be forever stuck. You know, that's the idea. What, question? No. Okay, anyway, but the bottom line is, is that, no, it could be that we do make that arrangement, but the point being is, is that the debt doesn't go away. He's still going to owe that money, and that's what we're saying, is that you, 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 whatever it is, you're going to have to pay the full, uh, the full 400 dinarum. And had he known that, he never would have made the vow, and that was the story with that, and we'll stop our review of yesterday's daf here.